Hi, I'm Gavin Gibanoni, Professor of Neurology at Bart's and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And I'm doing this short podcast to warn you about potential unintended consequences of this trend that I've noticed in my MS clinics of uh, people with multiple sclerosis adopting uh, biohackers. Uh, or biohacking uh, as part of their own way of managing their multiple sclerosis. So the term biohacking has really been driven by a group, mainly in the United States, of very proactive people who wanted to uh, slow down aging mechanisms. And they start taking um, cocktails of uh, medications in addition to quite a large uh, amount of changes in their uh, lifestyle and diets to try and promote uh, 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 longevity or anti-aging mechanisms. So this is really citizen or do-it-yourself biology and it's come to multiple sclerosis. And uh, I'm aware that many of you biohack, in other words, you make aggressive dietary or lifestyle changes in the hope that it will make small improvements to your health and well-being and improve your long-term MS outcomes. And I support this. I'm not saying I don't agree with uh, this concept of biohacking, simply because the evidence uh, of dietary and lifestyle changes really comes from population health, and it should apply to MS as well. And it makes biological sense to live a healthy life, uh, exercise, etc., to improve long-term outcomes. But what's becoming increasingly obvious is a lot of people with MS come to my clinic now taking prescription-only medications that aren't really licensed uh, to treat multiple sclerosis in the hope that it will improve outcomes. And the two most commonly used are simvastatin. This is an anti-cholesterol drug uh, and metformin, a drug that's used for treating type 2 adult onset diabetes. And the reason for this is that there has been a small phase two trial showing you that hydrosimvastatin may slow down worsening MS in people with secondary progressive disease and slows down brain volume loss. And because of this, people are beginning to uh, get their family doctors or they may be buying the drug on the internet uh, or begin to take hydrosimvastatin in the hope that it will improve their MS outcomes. Now, I'm a little bit worried about this because you know, when you have a phase two positive trial result and maybe a false positive, uh, and we may, and we now need to wait for the phase three or the confirmatory trial to show that hydrosimvastatin works. I'm against uh, taking hydrostatins simply because they come with unintended consequences. There is no doubt that there is a controversy around uh, statin uh, treatment, particularly around CNS penetrant statins, what they may do to cognition. And also the hydrosimvastatin, the dose that's recommended, 80 milligrams a day, is is probably double what you would take for high cholesterol. Um, you know, may affect muscle function, uh, and we don't know how safe it is in people with multiple sclerosis. So, I've always taken the uh, um, position in clinic that I would not support or prescribe hydrosimvastatin, despite a lot large number of my patients uh, requesting it, until I know what the risk benefit uh, profile is, and uh, in a phase three trial, and see if that phase three trial confirms. Uh, the results of the phase two trial. Now, the good news is the MSTAT two trial is fully recruited and should uh, uh, be closing in the next uh, six to twelve months, and we should should have results within twelve months uh, on whether or not the uh, drug works in people with secondary progressive MS. Now, the next 
a drug um, that biohackers have taken to uh, to massively is metformin. So this drug actually increases insulin sensitivity and helps improve uh, glucose control in people with type 2 diabetes. And there's a emerging literature showing that this drug may have anti-aging mechanisms, which is why the uh, general biohackers are using it. And you can actually buy this over the internet, and a large number of patients have come into clinic on metformin buying it over the internet. Um, just to say that the reason why people with multiple sclerosis are taking it is based on a animal, a group of a group of animal experiments, mainly out of Robin Franklin's group in Cambridge, showing you that when you actually use metformin in rodents, this is uh, rats and animal uh, and mice models, it uh, promotes recovery of functional remyelination by rejuvenating, you know, the, uh, having anti-aging effects on oligodendrocyte precursors and promotes remyelination. And this is uh, in keeping with its actions in the anti-aging literature. And because of this, a lot of people have adopted uh, metformin before we've actually shown that it works in, in, in uh, people with multiple sclerosis. I don't support this. And the reason why I don't support this is because there are several clinical trials now running, um, and particularly a phase two program running out of uh, Cambridge and Edinburgh uh, where they are looking at the combination of metformin with clomestine, another remyelination agent, to see if it promotes remyelination in patients with relapse-permitting multiple sclerosis. And this, again, is an add-on to ex existing disease-modifying treatment. So it's quite an exciting trial based on real biology, but let's wait for the trial results before making a leap of faith that this is going to help uh, people with multiple sclerosis. And this has become really important because... Um, about a week ago, a large study from Denmark came out showing that metformin is associated with quite severe congenital birth defects, mainly in little boys of men who take uh, metformin uh, in the three months before conceiving uh, a pregnancy. And the theory is that the metformin is affecting the development of sperm, uh, which then results in these uh, congenital uh, defects. And the congenital defects mainly are genital, uh, re relating to um, uh, how the urethra develops. And the most common congenital defect is hyperspadius. You know, when the tip of the urethra doesn't come out the end of the penis, but it comes out on the undersurface of the uh, uh, penis, and it can be corrected with surgery, but it's the risk is over three times higher in uh, young boys, boys, um, born to men uh, who've been taking this metformin in the three months prior to conception or conceiving a pregnancy. So this is just a potential unintended consequence of metformin. So even though metformin has been around for you know decades and hundreds of millions of people are on this drug worldwide, we still get shocks like this when we see in real life studies um, data like this uh, showing this association between metformin and congenital uh, abnormalities. So this is another reason why I wouldn't recommend biohacking and taking metformin off-label uh, until we know that it works uh, and we have a proper risk-benefit analysis in terms of its uh, profile in people with multiple sclerosis. I must point out though that this paper that came out of Denmark showing this link between metformin exposure uh, prior to conception and these genital 
malformations. It's an association, so it may not be the metformin, but something else, maybe the diabetes that, that does this. And so I think more data needs to be generated to confirm whether this is real or not. So this could come from other uh, large national databases like Sweden, for example. I'm sure we'll try and reproduce this. And then there needs to be experimental evidence to try and work out how metformin affects sperm um, production, how it affects sperm formation. So this association can be shown to be causal or not causal. And so I think we need to just uh, step back and um, appreciate the strength of this data, but realize that it's only association and not necessarily causation. I would be interested to know um, about your own biohacking experiences, how many of you are doing it, in other words, taking medications, supplements, whatever, without the consent of your MS healthcare professionals, and to hear how you've um, come, come to making this decision. And I'd also be interested to know if you're healthcare professionals are complicit because I do know that some of my patients who come to my clinic on high-dose simvastatin are getting their drug prescribed by their general practitioners, for example. So the GPs know that this is not licensed for MS but are giving them their, their prescription on the off chance that it may help their MS. So, that, so this is a, a potential opportunity for us to debate this. So I hope you found these interesting. I have put the uh, three papers, the MSstat1 trial, the basic science paper from Cambridge showing that metformin restores CNS remyelination in aged um, stem cells. And finally, this uh, nationwide uh, study from Denmark showing that uh, preconception exposure to metformin is associated with uh, birth defects uh, in their offspring. Um, finally, um, I'm always going to prompt you that if you do enjoy uh, MS Selfie and the type of, types of posts I'm doing, uh, please, if you can afford to subscribe, uh, pay for a subscription. The uh, funds uh, that have been raised by the subscription model are being used um, to hire or pay for a professional medical writer and a professional website developer um, who are going to be creating a curated MS Selfie website where people with multiple sclerosis can come to and find in a nice indexed, easy to uh, read uh, website, all this information. And some of the funds will be used to generate what I call a massive open online uh, teaching course uh, to help people with multiple sclerosis uh, self-manage their, their MS. And this is the whole purpose of the MS Selfie initiative, is to give you information, at least up your literacy around uh, self-management techniques. So thank you.